This is Season 5 of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. This week on the show, useless animal facts, what your dreams really mean, and expressions you may use every day. Plus, we'll open up the mailbag and, of course, your favorite news from around the world. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. Animals, 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 crazy animals. <laughs> In Australia, mm-hmm. get ready. Mm-hmm. When police dust for fingerprints at a crime scene, especially outside, of course. They make sure to rule out koala bears. Why? Koala bears have the same fingerprints as human beings. They have five fingers. Inside of their clawed pad, they they look like fingers. And they actually have the same fingerprints as humans. So if they touch something, it'll appear as a human did. So they have to rule out koala fingerprints. I'm wondering if two of their fingerprints are not the same like it is in humans. No, they're not the same. They're exactly like humans. Every koala okay. is different. Uh-huh. But I would like to make koala gloves and go rob a bank in Australia. Sure. <laughs> down under. Now, we're going to stay down under. Okay, listen carefully. Mm-hmm. We're going to stay down under. Male kangaroos, do they have male pouches or not? There's been a debate. Because mm. we know the kangaroos have pouches. Well, male mm. kangaroos do not have pouches. The answer is No. No, but Nick wears one of those little zipper pouches. It's European. It's a European thing. It's a man purse, okay? Only female kangaroos have pouches because they do the child rearing. Male kangaroos have no need for the pouch because they can't produce milk. Really? Well, I have a purse. My wife bought me a purse, a male purse. Male purse. I carry that around. Mm-hmm. Do you have? A, do you do you produce milk? Uh, no, I do not. I, I don't even drink it. I don't like it. I'm lactose intolerant, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. There you go. Thank zebras, you. zebras, as they are known in England, or zebras here in America, and I think in Canada, what do you guys say? Yeah, zebras is good. Zebras. Or no, you know what? Because in, in the alphabet, we don't have the letter Z. It's a letter Z. So we call it zebras. 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 <laughs> zebras. Okay. <laughs> But zebras get bitten less by mosquitoes than other animals in the same environment. So a study has been done where they took cows, they took what they call Japanese cows, and painted them with similar stripes to zebras. And lo and behold, the cows that were painted got bitten less than the cows that weren't. So apparently the stripe formation of a zebra screws up the homing systems of the mosquito and they go on to the next thing that doesn't have it. This is amazing. So as you know, on this show, we do not rehearse and it is really clear every week that you listen and thank you for listening. We do not discuss the facts that we have. We only have the topics that we agree on. I'm going to talk about cows. It's a segue. It's not the exact same fact, but I'm talking about cows. The cow's blood supply to the mammary gland when they produce the milk on average, is between 400 and 500 units of blood. That's how much it passes through the udder. Udder what? Udder what? No, <laughs> so wait a second. So now, 
How many gallons? Uh, so how many? 400 to 500 units. That's 25,000 pints of blood for Holy each unit miracle. of milk synthesized. Okay, So cows have 35 pints of blood in their system. Humans only have 10. Wow. Yeah. Now, That's a bloody lot. It is a bloody lot. Now, <laughs> here's the thing. There's a study done measuring the effects of music. They found that cows produce more milk when listening to soothing music. Oh, sure. They yeah. produce most when listening to REMs, Everybody Hurts. Everybody, are you serious? Yeah, according to the study. I was going to say, you know, I know that, uh, you know, the mammary glands perk up when a Barry White song comes on. But <laughs> Oh, baby, baby. Oh, baby. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Let's dun, produce dun, some milk. Dun, dun, dun. Some sharks have the ability to glow. This glow can actually be seen by other sharks, not by humans. You can't see it. It's this green, eerie, crazy-looking glow. It helps them identify themselves when they're hunting so that they know where the other sharks are so they can corral in the, the prey. It also is believed that this glow that they put out kills microbes that might cause infections to the shark. That's really cool. So yeah. speaking of communication, scientists have discovered there's a level of communication between baby chicks. Oh, really? Before the babies are even high. Well, I like to think that I was communicating with chicks a lot in high school. Yeah, but the communication that these chicks are having between each other and the communication you try to have with the other chicks are two totally different concepts. Totally. Boom, boom. Here comes Barry White again. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Turn on your Barry White. Turn down the lights. Turn up Barry White. A study published, uh, published in the journal Natural Ecology and Evolution finds bird embryos chat with each other using vibrations while still inside the egg. As a result, they know when it's safe to hatch or, or if they should hide until it's time for them to be safe, for them to safely hatch out of their shells. So one goes, and then he gives the other ones the call back, like, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Time to hatch. No vibration. They know they stay inside. You know what song <laughs> You know what song they're listening to? The, the uh, Beach Boys. Good vibrations. They're listening to Barry White. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> Which is how they got into that egg to begin with. We all know that snails have shells. Right. I mean, everybody knows the snail shell, right? Yes. But do you know that some snails grow hair on the shell? This is encouraging for you, Nick. Gee, thanks. Thanks a lot. The follically challenged here are listening up. Go ahead. They actually grow hair from the shell itself so that they can stick to wet leaves and things like that. Uh -huh. These are snails that are like jungle snails, but they grow hair on the hard shell. Good to now, know. Now, if you could only grow hair on that dome. That's right. <laughs> Some have mistaken my dome as a shell. There you go. And I've come out of my shell. Um, in a bullfight in, bull in Spain, the bull does not agi get agitated because of the red cape. In no. fact, because everyone, everyone re you know, remembers seeing you know, a scene from the, uh, the bullfighting, right? The, the matador sure. waves the red cape. Nope. Bulls are actually colorblind for red and green. Bulls, like other cattle, can't differentiate between red and green colors. Why does a bull lose its temper and come charging when the matador waves the red cape, you ask? Well, it's not the color, but rather the movement of the cloth that makes the bull so angry. The bulls used in bullfights are from a very aggressive breed. Oh, gee, thanks. And they're raised in a way that they have any sudden movements will make these bulls angry and make them attack. It's the movement of the matador that gets the bull angry, not the color red. 
Somebody told me that they tie leather straps around their testicles as well, which infuriates them. Well, kind yeah. of kind of like the feeling that most men married over 20 years feel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm coming up on 20 years. What are you saying? <laughs> All ready to get cinched up, Nick. That's right. Is that what they mean when you say, are you strapped? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Strap yeah. one on. That's so sad. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. And now it's time for Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy as they present Dreams. Wake up. Wake up. Dreams. Okay, now that you're awake, here's some some quirky facts about dreaming. 12% of people dream in black and white. Huh. Just like the old television shows. Blind people, by the way, can... Sounds like a Michael Jackson and a... Um, whatchamacallit's a tune? Black or white? No, no, this is black and white, not black saying or that. white. Saying that. Paul McCartney and... Uh... Or oh, Ebony, Ebony and Ivory. Yeah, Ebony no, no, and no. Ivory. Not that black and white. This is black <laughs> and white like you watch in the old uh, classic television shows like I Love Lucy and The Honeymooners. Like that. Well, 12% of the people dream in black and white. Blind people can see images, by the way, in their dreams. Hmm. Also, another quirky fact about dreaming, you can only dream about faces you've already seen, and the average person spends six years of their life dreaming. You know, that's amazing. I've read that, that you can only dream about faces that you've already seen. Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but because I've dreamt of people I haven't, I don't think I've seen before. So most sexual dreams focus on one thing, intercourse. It's very rare to dream about foreplay, mm-hmm. which makes sense because at our age, we're, yeah, we're, we're just, we're just, we're just dreaming to have sex at our age. Yes. <laughs> In your dreams. <laughs> That's the best two minutes that you'll ever have. But anyway, did you know that sex dreams are not common? In fact, only 4% of men and women have sex dreams. I never thought I'd say this. I'm proud to be in the 4%. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I right. feel like I'm back in, in, in high school with my reading scores. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They match your, your sexual um, your, your sexual stats. Uh, well, speaking of men and women who dream differently, researchers have found that differences between men and women when it comes to the content of their dreams. In several studies, men reported dreaming about weapons significantly more often than women did while women dreamed about references to clothing more often than men. Mm. Makes sense. Another, right. another study- well, I had a dream that I pulled out my weapon, and the woman said, oh, not until I get a Louis Vuitton. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you talked about your weapon. She talked about her clothing. Uh, anyway, yeah. another study showed that, w- that men's dreams tend to have more aggressive content and physical content. You know, we're men. Mm. While women's dreams contain more rejection and exclusion. Uh, Yeah, yeah, we know all about (laughs) rejection, don't we? As well as more conversation than physical activity. We just want to talk. That's all. I feel rejected. Yeah. and We're breaking stuff up. (laughs) And finally, in this study, women, uh, it was found that women tend to have slightly longer dreams that feature more characters that they know. (laughs) <laughs> they have a whole group inside their dreams. Sex sleep, hmm. also known as sexomnia, 
is real. It's a real sleep disorder. Really? Much like much like <laughs> much like yeah, sleepwalking. But instead of walking, the person engages in sexual behavior like masturbation. Okay then. Right, now, now if you're a deviant pervert and you get caught doing that, you might say, I wasn't doing anything. I had sexomnia. I was sleeping. Think about it. It's a great defense for a pervert. I suffer from <laughs> sexomnia. There you go. Wow. Yeah. You learn all kinds of great stuff on this show. That's don't you? why we say listen, <laughs> laugh, and learn, and keep your hands to yourself. Hands where we can see them. So here are some dreams that change the shape of human history. The creator of the sewing machine, Elias Howe, had a violent dream based on his frustrations. He dreamt that cannibals threatened to kill him if he couldn't come up with the design for sewing machines. And so he came up with it. That's right. Larry Page had an irrational fear that when he was admitted into college, well, he got in there because there was an error. He thought he'd be kicked out of college. That anxiety fired a dream of downloading and storing the internet on individual PCs. Well, that gave him the idea of creating a searchable database of links to web pages that led to the creation of Google. Wow. Yeah. And finally, I had a dream that yeah. I was going to do a podcast with a psychopathic friend about nonsense. <laughs> totally useless information with Nick. That's me and Roy. And finally, some weird dreams. Einstein's theory of relativity came to him in a dream when he was just a teenager. His dream led to his realization that events look different depending on where you're standing due to the amount of time it takes to get there. He also married his cousin, which yeah. is also a theory of <laughs> relativity. He's also using that sex omnia defense. That's right. He is. Psychopath pervert. <laughs> he is. And go comb your hair. Did you ever see someone jerk and squirm while they were sleeping? I'm like glad, you, I'm really glad you finished that sentence. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Like, did you ever see somebody jerk while they were sleeping? Like uh -huh. a guy with sex omnia? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Now, now, listen. This is There's an actual technical term for this. Uh. While you're sleeping, it's called hypnic jerks. And most of the time, it happens when you dream of falling or getting hurt. And so you jerk. It's called a hypnic jerk. H-Y-P-N-I-C. I am not kidding you. I think I, I suffer from this from time to time because that's what my wife tells me. She says, you're making yeah. all these movements. And I do remember that most of the time that I am dreaming that I'm falling. Interesting. Yeah. It's kind of like Nick when he thinks he's cool. He's a hypnic. Hypnic. That's right. I am hip <laughs> as opposed to hip replaced. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Of course, as always, you can visit our website, nickandroy.com. You can send us an email. We'll have a, an entry from the mailbag a little bit later. But in the meantime, here's Roy. Yeah. If you dream about tooth pain, well, mm. you dream that you're having tooth pain. It is. It was believed years ago as a premonition of your death. Oh, Right. But now they found out and they believe that it's caused by undiagnosed dental issues. You may have an oncoming cavity or, or the pre-startings of a gum disease and your body's understanding what's happening and you're thinking about it in your dreams. So you dream of tooth pain and things like that. Mm. But it was believed years ago that you were going to die. 
And I have been to some dentists that were, I considered more butchers than dentists. And I felt like I was going to die there. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, um, we really appreciate those of you who are listening. We have listeners listening to us from Chicago. We have people in Milwaukee. We also have people in Ontario here in Canada. As I'm they get in touch with us, Nick, they go to our website, nickandroy.com. And you you can also say Nick. NickandRoy.com? I said NickandRoy.com. It's and that because of the guy who invented Google, if you Google NickandRoy.com or right. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy, you'll find us. Oh. <laughs> and we're sorry about that. <laughs> totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Where do expressions come from? We want to know right now. I like expressions. Yeah. Blood is thicker than water. Is it? Well, most people think blood is thicker than water actually means like a family thing. Blood is thicker than water, correct? That's what I understand, yes. Right, but actually that's not how the term came about. It ends up meaning that years later, but it actually came about for blood brothers in battle. Most of these soldiers would cut their thumbs, place their thumbs together to show their solitude of being connected by blood. And that blood was thicker than water, and they were thicker than thieves. And they would fight to the death and fight for each other. So blood is thicker than water actually came from blood brothers in battle, not a family thing. It became that years later. That's amazing. That's pretty cool. Why, why does the color black mean bad? Right? Usually, you know, black is, uh, is bad and white means good. Like black male, black ball, black sheep of the family, black magic, black holes, right? But when we say waving the white flag, it's a white lie, a white wedding, white light. The black and white dualism is probably because the common dichotomy. What a great word that is, huh? It's the most common dichotomy. That's a $10 word. It is. Well, $7.50 Canadian. Uh, (laughs) Can be traced back (laughs) to Pythagoras' table of opposites, which lists both good and evil, as well as a well light and darkness. Anyway, usually all of these light, white, day, good are opposed to darkness, black, and evil. That's what Pythagoras said in table of opposites. Whoa. It's almost like the yin and the yang. One's black, one's white. But by, by a Pythagorean theory. Exactly, like the black and white cookie that you get at some delis wow, in New York. Wow, Nick, you're, you're really hitting it with the big words today. Your vocabulary is much too copious for my immediate comprehension. In the future, I will speak more emphatically. <laughs> Wait, let me find out what that all means. And being that I said that, let's bury the hatchet. Ah, okay, sure. Ah, bury the hatchet. Nice. You heard that term, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Bury the hatchet, meaning let's let's, you know, call it quits and just not fight with each other to bury the hatchet. Well, it came about in the early days of North America when settlers were negotiating peace with the indigenous tribes of Indians. Negotiating peace meant that they weren't going to fight. So the Indians and the settlers both decided to take their weapons and bury them in the ground making those weapons useless and inaccessible while they spoke of peace. So bury the hatchet meant to place all your weapons in a hole in the ground and cover them up with dirt. You can go get them after you talk peace, but not while you're talking peace. 
That's cool. I love that. That's like that's my favorite. So remember, when you listen to the show, we say listen, laugh, and learn. Of course, you should always have a pen or pencil handy, as well as a piece of paper, or you write on the wall, whatever it is. You'll always learn stuff. Like yeah, and if you don't have a hole in the ground, you could use the back of Nick's head yes. to bury the hatch. Yes, lots of <laughs> lots of room there. It's available for advertising. Uh, go to nickandroy.com if you like to advertise on my forehead. Uh, a lame duck, and sometimes it's referred to as a lame duck president. The original allusion to a duck with clipped wings or injured webbed feet. Biden? No, no. Seemed to have been applied. I knew. You know what? I wrote here in my script. Wait for Roy to say something about Biden. There it was. Okay. Wait for the, all of America. That's right. Okay. Biden. So the original allusion to a duck with clipped wings or injured webbed feet seems to have been applied to someone who could not pay his debts on the stock exchange. Quote, frauds of which a lame duck on the stock exchange would be ashamed. The great actor Garrick apparently coined the phrase in a play he wrote in 1771. It reached American Civil War times when it attached to politicians whose term of office were nearly over and whose power, therefore, was waning. Lame duck. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, Nick, I can't say that you don't go the whole nine yards. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Great saying, not go the whole nine yards. And a lot of people um, thought that this equates to football, meaning 10 yards is the first down. So I guess you got the one yard and you go another nine. But that's not the truth. It's a World War II. And get your pens ready, folks. This is a good one. World War II fighter pilots, their planes, machine guns were loaded with nine yard chains of bullets. The bullets were placed on chains so that they would rotate through the gun. There were nine yards of that chain loaded with bullets. When it was gone, you had gone the whole nine yards. Beautiful. Or 8.2296 meters. Canadian. Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds better when you say the whole nine yards. There you go. Of course... Uh, it's up to you, but you can keep up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. Ah. The phrase originates from the comic strip, Keeping Up with the Joneses, created by oh. Arthur Momand in 1913. The strip ran until 1940 in the New York world and various other newspapers, of course, syndicated. The strip depicts the social climbing McGinnis family who struggled to keep up with their neighbors, the Joneses. The Joneses were unseen characters throughout the strip's run, often spoken of but never shown. The idiom, keeping up with the Joneses, has remained popular long after the strip's end. Wow. I love English humor, and I don't know if you've ever seen a show called uh, Keeping Up Appearances. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. I if have you've never seen it, you got to see it. If anybody's seen it, uh, guy, give us an email. Tell us where you watch it so that we know. Yeah. Because it's a funny show. It's very funny English comedy. Uh you know, sometimes I watched it and it rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> King of what, segways. What are you dreaming of? Rubbed me the wrong way or rubbed the wrong way. Uh-huh. In the 18th century, now this is another one that I, this I, I looked at and I was like, this is great because I had no idea. In the 18th century, servants would wet rub and dry rub the oak floors in the houses. If they rubbed against the grain, meaning going the wrong way, they could ruin the wooden floors, and that would totally piss Hmm. the owner of the house off. 
I would imagine. He would get irritated and upset. And he would say, now you rubbed me the wrong way. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, I, I know that lots of, of, of the uh, women that you uh, sort of uh, dated in high school, you rubbed them the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Yeah, yeah. Some some were wet rubs. I blame it all on uh, what was it called? Uh, I blame it sex, all on sex sexomnia. Sexomnia. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad this this section of totally useless information with Nick and Roy is almost done in the nick of so time. If if these um, people go to nickandroy.com, they can leave us emails. That's right. But hold on. In, in the nick yeah. of time, this segment is over. In the <laughs> nick, nick of time. Of time. Oh, a, give me this one. A tally or nick stick, I'll leave it at that, was used to keep track of time right. or points in sporting events or commercial transactions. Is that what you're doing under the table? With, Keeping track of time? With Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, yes, I do. With the widespread use of a tally, I'm not even looking at you now on, this, on the Zoom yeah. call. With the widespread use of the tally, it is not surprising that reference to it should enter popular parlance. To nick it down, for instance, meant to record something. And to nick the nick to hit the right time for something. It has to do with sporting origins. Team scores were notched up the nick sticks. And when a winning point or goal was scored just before the end of the contest, it was in the nick of time. I don't know about the rest of you listeners, but Nick is using rather large words and confusing the living hell out of me. So please be advised not to listen to the last thing that Nick said. <laughs> but in the meantime, instead of listening to me, you can go to our website, leave us an email, www.nickandroy.com. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? And in Crystal Beach, Ontario, which is near Fort Erie, which is uh, near Buffalo and Niagara Falls, beautiful part of uh, of Ontario. And in Crystal I've Beach. I've actually seen it, Nick. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yes, it is very pretty. She writes, Dear Nick and Roy, my daughter and I love listening to your show. I have a couple of questions I would like for you guys to find out for me. Okay, first one. Is it true that putting a bowl full of ice in front of a fan will work like super cool air. By setting a bowl full of ice and in front of a table will make the air cooler. As the ice will melt, the fan will blow cooler air towards you. And of course, you've got to be fairly close to enjoy the benefits. So it's not like a, you know, a cheap way of having air conditioning. So you have to be really well, close. It depends to how big the block of ice is. If it's like half the size of the room, we're doing good. That's right. <laughs> well, you can sit on the block of ice if you want. What's you, this person's name? Anne. It's Anne from Crystal Anne, Beach. Anne. Yeah. Ice, cold, yes, next. <laughs> your best bet is to try this while you're working at your desk or just place the fan bowl combo near the stove of your kitchen while you're cooking. It'll help cool the air. The second question is, why better is... Be it better be better than the first. <laughs> these are great questions, okay? Come on. Yeah, yeah, these are good. Yeah. yeah the right. second question is, why is underwear referred to as a pair of underwear? Ooh. Now, see? There you she go. She claims her status. That's right. So, so now, because the room is too hot, you've stripped down to your underwear, and you want to find out why it's called a pair. Pair comes from the Latin meaning two like things. Ooh. Pants, pantaloons, were originally two like things. You would put them on one leg at a time because they actually came in two pieces. You put on one leg, tied it around your waist, then put on the other. 
From the beginning, about the 16th century, pants have been referred to as a pair. Now, That's shirts, nice. isn't that great? Now, shirts were made from a single piece of cloth, so two sleeves didn't inspire anybody to call them a pair of shirts. Wow. That was good, Nick. Yeah. That so, I have to say. That so, really, and really helps, helps uh, bring my uh, faith back in... Uh, Anne. Yes. Thanks, <laughs> Anne, from Crystal Beach. And, and anybody who wants to send us an email, go to our website and click on Contact Us. What's the website, you ask? Nickandroy.com. Even I know that. Nickandroy.com. And now for something completely useless. Oh, yes. Leave it to me to give you something completely useless. Yes. There are approximately, this is a fast one, there's approximately 7 billion people on the planet right now. 7 billion. And amazingly enough, there are more than 1 billion cars. Oh. That's one car for every 7 people. That means to me that there's a lot of 7 and 8-year-olds driving around somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. So if a car is swerving left and right, just blame it on your eight-year-old. Is that what you're well, saying? Well, think about that. One car for every seven people. And of course, there are a lot of places in this world where cars are not economical to have. So, but uh, pretty interesting. It is. Seven billion people, one billion cars. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Today, we talked about animals. We talked about dreams. We talked about expressions. It's sexomnia. time. Sexomnia. That's right. Sexomnia. Hands where we can see them. It's time for the news. And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News. He's funny. A small-town jogger is in deep doo-doo after being accused in a serial public defecation case, according to police oh, in Fishers, no. Indiana. No, you mean he was dumping while running? Uh, authorities have said they've cracked the case of a woman who was pooping on neighborhood lawns during her early morning jogs throughout town. Not even in the woods. Nope. Out in public, dropping yep. a deposit. <laughs> <laughs> neighborhood lawns. Several residents recently shared their stories about their serial pooper with the local broadcaster. Uh, they call her the pooper. We have lots of names for her, says Angie Kylie. Last week or the week before, she did it in three or four different yards down the street. Wait a minute. She's got a lot of poop. <laughs> right. Every she other did yard. Three or four different yards. I mean, did she do like... Like one log per yard. I don't know. It didn't. They didn't measure it. Did they? Right. I, that's another thing I need to know. I mean, did she, was it a pile or was it a, a single poop? Kylie added that the deuce dropping delinquent the always dropping. <laughs> that might answer your question. The run dumpster. <laughs> deuce dropping delinquent. Wait a minute. I lost yeah. my place here. Hang on. Wait, yeah, wait a minute, what are you doing? Get off my lawn. What was it, the, the Clint Eastwood movie? Get off my lawn. Yeah. So the dues dropping delinquent always comes prepared to clean herself up. No. Yes. She toilet paper? She, she leaves behind her discarded toilet paper behind her. Could you, you imagine know. her running, though, and she has, like, the roll attached to something beside her? Like, you know, it's perfectly set up, too, where it rolls from the top. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. She does roll the toilet paper properly, which, by the way, is from the top. 
So <laughs> residents in the neighborhood are countering by putting out signs that say, no pooping. No pooping on my lawn. That's right. As long Where as is this, Nick? Where? This is in Fishers, Indiana. Thankfully, mm. it's not Florida, because usually these cases come from Florida where you oh, are. Oh, Florida, let me tell you something. That person wouldn't be pooping for long. Everybody <laughs> has a gun down here. <laughs> That's right. That person would have a few extra poop shoots by the time they <laughs> The residents also added that they have identified the woman, and she was the number two suspect in the case. Hey. Whoa. After at least Two one other suspects, but this wait, is a real great town, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but after at least one other individual was falsely accused by locals on social media, it was a case of mistaken identity. Really? So the first person was a mistake. Uh, for, they mistook this person for the marathon crapper. That's right. Yes, <laughs> the phenomenon is commonly known as runners' trots. Oh, so this person had an excuse like sex somnia. That's right, exactly. <laughs> and it's thought to affect 20 to 50% of athletes either during or immediately after exercise. Police, well, I have had it right now as we're speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Police did not lay any charges against the woman, though they say she could still face them in the future if of she does. Of course they didn't. Would you want to bring her in, put her in the car? No. And then, boom, there's, there's this paper bag there and a whole load of crap. She will she'll be visit, revisiting the, the police station if she doesn't get her crap together. Wow, wow. She was like, well, I'm just uh, getting myself ready for the marathon running the Hershey Highway. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, that's all the time that we have because we really have to go. I got to go run. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that gives new meaning to the word she had the run. She had the runs, exactly. <laughs> so... We want to thank you very much for listening. If you want to join us week after week, we're up every Thursday. We're going to scour the internet far and wide. Yes, and please tell everyone you know to listen into the show because we'll be back again next week. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of NickAndRoy.com. Visit NickAndRoy.com to access the full library of episodes or wherever you get your podcasts.